Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Fart Fetish Podcast once again. It's the very last episode of 2023, and this is the podcast where we seek to find the answer to what is fart fetish? Where might it come from? How is it enjoyed? And what are the people like who have this fetish, as well as other fetishes too? We do this on every first Friday of the month on almost all major podcast platforms and at fartfetishpodcast.com. You can also enjoy erotic fart stories, fart captions, and fart videos at thefartcloset.com. And you can support the podcast at the same time by doing so. That's thefartcloset.com. And now I'd like to introduce The Farting Wolf. The Farting Wolf is a popular hobbyist fart content creator on Twitter, where he has amassed a following of over 15,000 as of this episode. He has sometimes been referred to as the president of the fart fetish for his community efforts. We talk about that, as well as topics like monetization versus passion, content theft, and some of his motivations and inspirations for making content. But that's not all. We talk about so much in this episode, so stick around for the Fart Fetish Podcast. At the Farting Wolf's request, and for his privacy, I have altered his voice for this interview. Thanks very much for being here, the Farting Wolf. Why don't we start with a little bit about yourself and what this fetish looks like for you? Well, um, I've been in the general community for around, I guess, five or six years now and making content in some way, shape, or form, but I've been in it longer than that. Um, but mainly today I'm just on Twitter cause that's kind of where everywhere or everyone is kind of just on Twitter nowadays and just posting vids on there and kind of just having fun chatting with people and going back and forth with that. Nice. Very nice. I've noticed the Twitter thing, uh, being quite big. Do you know, do you happen to know when abouts that happened? It seems like, uh, I mean, it seems like in, in like my view, it just like I came into it late. So I just see like the whole world. Uh, do you have any like knowledge about what, when Twitter started to become popular for, uh, especially this fetish? Uh, I think whenever I started, it was kind of at the beginning of it. There might've been a handful of people that were on there. That's kind of what drew me to it, but it's definitely grown since I've been on there to a size that I didn't even think was possible for the longest time. Um, so I, I would say it's within the last, if it's 2023 now, and I started in 2020, the last, I guess, four, four or five years, I would say the switch is kind of made to be over on that platform as compared to like where it used to be on YouTube back in the day. And then it completely died. There's maybe like one or two people still on there trying to post stuff, but I still think that's mostly dead. And then of course you have places like this vid that are always going to be teaming with people just uploading or re-uploading or whatever. But as far as like the heart of the community being on Twitter, that's like a recent thing I would say. Nice. Nice. It's very interesting. I haven't, I haven't, uh, haven't, haven't gotten to the chance to talk to anyone about that as of yet. So that is interesting to me. Um, 2020, you said you is when you started on, uh, as I understand it, started on Twitter. Is that the origin of the fetish for you? Do you have like uh, far reaching um, origins or, or what what are the origins for you? Uh, I mean, it goes way, way back. I'm definitely one of those people that have had it kind of as long as they can remember. Um, it was definitely something that I just thought was a weird interest whenever I was younger. And then of course, as you grow older and puberty and hormones start to hit you, then it kind of turns into something else. But, um, yeah, I would, I mean, I think I have memories of thinking about it or just thinking, Oh, that's cool. All the way back since I was like, I don't know, in 
first, second grade. I mean, of course it wasn't anything sexual at the time because I was so young, but then, you know, that kind of just stuck with me. And then now I kind of am where I am with it now. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. What kind of, uh, themes and aspects, uh, around this fetish do you, do you find yourself enjoying? Uh, for me specifically, and, uh, from the people that I've talked to, they all, I mean, I haven't talked to everybody, but I've talked to a, a good amount of people and they all kind of are on the same page with it as far as it being just like a, kind of like a, like a gross aspect of masculinity. That's kind of attractive about it. Um, cause it's kind of seen as a more masculine thing to just do that. Cause you know, the joke of women don't fart and all this other stuff. and Every every time it's a cartoon or something, it's always some comic relief character that's a dude that always has that ongoing joke with them of, you know, body humor and toilet humor and shit like that. So it is just kind of one of those masculinity things that I particularly find attractive and a lot of other people tend to. For sure. Kind of the growing around with the guys aspect and it's like another aspect of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Nice. So this is a, do you find then the fetish is, uh, exists in a, uh, asexual space for you, a sexual, maybe both, um, what, like, cause the, the, what I, what I, you know, you've called it gross masculinity. I could also see this as, uh, and we've talked to other people on this show as well of this, uh, it's like a camaraderie element, um, for sure. And, and a male bonding aspect, um, do you see that as a crossover between sexuality and and not, or is it just more the bro mentality and uh, and and that's where it stays for you? Um, it's it's definitely a mix of both, but I will say that this um, fetish has kind of actually been my kind of key to unlocking the door to my own sexuality because I was kind of um, in denial about it for the longest time, and then. As I mean, because this was always the one thing that I was like, oh, yeah, that'll definitely that's something that tickles my fancy or whatever. So it was always something that I could go back to and be like, well, I know I'm into this at the very least. And then over the years, I've kind of put pieces together as like, well, I like it when guys do this. But then, you know, I also like this and this and this and this. And then, you know, eventually I came around to it and kind of like came out to myself. So there was that aspect of it. So it's definitely a sexual thing. And, um, that's partly why I'm, I'm, I'm not like a really big, like sexual guy in the sense that I don't really do hookups or anything like that. So this kink, it being so sexual and being so intimate in that way, that's why I haven't done any collabs or anything like that just yet. Cause I kind of want to reserve that for a future partner. That's also into it. Interesting. Interesting. And that's awesome. That's very awesome that you found this, uh, this fetish as a, um, uh, maybe helping you gain acceptance toward your, toward your sexuality or what have you. That's, that's really awesome. Are there any other, uh, fetishes or kinks that you find, uh, need to go with it or that you found in your uh, exploration over this time that you really enjoyed? Nothing that ha- like is like concrete has to go with it or I'm not getting anything out of it. Sure. Um, everything, it's kind of like an addition that you can just throw into anything. And then I'm kind of on board with it in some way, shape or form, not everything, obviously, but a good amount of stuff that I wouldn't generally be into like 
uh, leather or something, for example. Like, I'm not 100% into it. I mean, I think it's visually cool to some extent, but I'm not, like, in it, in it like that. But if you were to throw that kink into it, then I could, you know, go along and go with the motions and actually get a feel for it. So it's kind of, it's it's standalone thing that I could just apply to a bunch of other stuff. And then, you know, not necessarily I need this, this and this to be attracted to it. It's just, I'm attracted to this. And if you add anything else on top of it, that's just like icing on the cake, really. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I definitely, I think I could vibe with that for sure um, in some of my own uh, enjoyment as well. So how and why did you choose the name, uh, The Farting Wolf? And does it have any special meaning or kind of story behind it? I honestly just wanted to have something that wasn't the typical, like, random. And there was actually a meme on Twitter about it, about how it's weird how names in this fart in the fart fetish community are typically something that looks like an Xbox Live username from like 2008, where it's like XXX Gas Master 3255XX, like it's some random name for no reason. Or it's just like Richard Benson, like someone's just legal name, like it's one or the other. And I always, I've found a lot of truth in that. So I was trying to find something that kind of set me apart from kind of everything that was like that. And then what really solidified it was I was just Googling shit and found somebody had did like a little doodle. I don't know if it was just like for something funny to do or if it was a commission or what it was, but it was just a drawing of like a black wolf, similar to what I have now with its back leg hiked up and a gas cloud coming out the other end. And I thought it was a cool visual, but I didn't want to like straight up steal it. So I like, screen i screenshotted it i say as i didn't want to steal it that's basically stealing but i've edited it a little bit added some eyes you know like thinned it up in some places and tried to make it my own in some little way shape or form but that was my like logo slash mascot for the longest time and that's that's one thing about my name that i think has played out really really well is that it kind of gives me um like a brand image almost to where i have again that symbol that's kind of Every a lot of people, I'm not gonna say everyone and sound like braggadocious, but like a lot of people know what that means at this point because I've been around for so long and I've attached it to pretty much everything I've ever done. And it was only later on that I learned that a wolf is kind of like a body type for like it's not as common as like a as a bear or an otter in gay world. Um, it's apparently a gay body type that apparently i kind of fit into um i think it's more kind of muscular hairy men they're kind of referred to as a gay wolf i think i've seen that in some other places but it's not very very common but there are a couple dudes on twitter that use that as kind of like their descriptor in their um bios and stuff like that so i mean it's played out really really well and another thing about my name is it's brought a lot of furries to my um page which i welcome which is fine and that is one thing about the furry community is that they're kind of more open to kink and stuff like that. So a lot of the art that you see is actually from them. So I, you know, me having more of them in my audience than normal isn't a bad thing in my opinion. Yeah. That's really great. That's really great that you've, you've, uh, you know, you've taken on this moniker and, and, and found, um, 
and found and put meaning to it. And even there's some meaning to it already, uh, perhaps existing in the community, which is really awesome. Uh, I love it when like things can work out like that. Maybe it's like at first seems random and then the further things go along, uh, it actually, uh, feels like it was more serendipitous. Like it made, made perfect sense all along. And you mentioned, you mentioned your, your brand and, um, and I, you mentioned being a content creator, but I, I notice, or or at least ha, have noticed, you're not um, seemingly like monetized. Uh, would you say you're more like, uh, as a brand, contributing to the that kind of pure idea um, that's that's more prominent in the in the gay fart fetish community of like men farting for each other and uh, and sharing videos as like a sense of pride, you know, this camaraderie. Um, you know, whether it be humor or even just personal enjoyment, would you say that's that's part of your uh, contribution as a as a content creator? That's perhaps not necessarily in it for the money. Yeah, one hundred percent. That's kind of how I got into it, and how I feel it was more like that back in the day, from what I remember, and the I guess the kind of like commercialization of the community has kind of been more of a recent thing, I would say, especially when OnlyFans um, started and it kind of gave people an opportunity to have a way of making money other than DMing people or emailing links and having people cash app them or whatever they were doing before OnlyFans. And for me, I don't really monetize anything right now because I don't really want to have the obligation or have the feeling of an obligation to put up content or kind of follow some other person's um, path or request or anything like that. Like I'll do that now and I'll take requests from fans and I'll do them sometimes, but it's still under my will and it's totally in my control if I do it or not. But if somebody's paying me monthly and they say, I want you to do this for X amount of money, then I feel obligated to. And I just don't really want to put myself in that position right now. Um, If I'm ever, you know, strapped for cash or if I change my mind in the future, I wouldn't be opposed to doing any type of um, paid for content like that. But as it stands right now, I just don't really want to have a part of my plate that's already so full with college and work and stuff dedicated towards okay i need to get this video video out because it's been x amount of days or i told him it would be done by this week or whatever so it's just something that i've kind of chosen to be more of a hobby that i'm doing for fun and just kind of like a sexual outlet rather than it being a business venture which some people some people in the community go into it as a business venture, which I mean, I guess is fine, but it's whenever, you know, they're advertising their only fans, like in my comment section, or I like, I follow them because they have a few good videos up and they haven't announced anything yet. And I just follow them. And then the first DM I get from them is, Hey, can you shout out my only fans? I just opened it. Like the first message you text me is, can you shout me out? It's junk like that. It really sours kind of the, I guess, opinion that I have of the community that I've been in for so long, because it's like, there's so many people now that are only looking at the money about it, about it and not just like the actual enjoyment. Like, are you even into it? If your first thought is money is my thing. And I mean, there's some people that 
have accounts that they don't follow anybody. They only like their own posts. They only repost their only their own posts. They only like comments that give them praise. They only like you know put out stuff that's just you know promotional, and it doesn't seem like you're actually in the community at all. So it's kind of like I don't know what to do with that. So I don't. I tend to not follow people whenever I see that kind of behavior. But I mean, if somebody's and this is that's kind of a minority of people. The majority of people that do make content, they'll tease stuff and then they'll, you know, say you can see the rest of it on whatever website they're on. But it's they still post stuff on Twitter and they'll still engage with other people, which is kind of the best way of doing it. And there are a lot of people like that that are genuinely part of the community and like other people's stuff and repost and kind of go about it. But they also make money from it, which that's the kind of stuff that I would like to do in the future if I do make paid content. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And you've you've shared some of the uh, community issues we've heard on the show, but also a few that we haven't as well, which is which is great. I think it's really important that. Uh, um, I mean, this is the only way that the community will will get better is is by you know, you know, not rudely but politely commenting and saying like, hey, let's let's try to be better. You know. Yeah. And I think that's great. I think that's great that you're, you're, uh, you know, you're taking that on as well, or at least noticing that um, within your own community or within the the community you you frequent. You talked you talked a bit about, uh, you know, people, uh, why people, uh, you know, start making content. What is that? What is that? Why for you? Like, what what made you wanted to start? What made you want to start? Uh, making content, especially, you know, not being monetized. Cause I think that could definitely be uh, a motivator for a lot of people is, is the making money, especially in the, you know, the kind of money ruled system we have. Um, what, what keeps you motivated? Keep uh, making content. Well, kind of like I mentioned earlier, it was just always a constant like interest that I had. And I remember when I was young, I've the, first guy that I kind of found on YouTube was Will the Farter. And he's kind of been the biggest, um, in, I guess one of the, at least he was kind of the one that initiated the fire that still burns in me for this thing. Um, and it was just seeing him be in all the stuff that he was in. Cause he was in the, uh, Jackass movie doing something. And then he was also on a, I didn't even know the show existed until he had a segment on it. It was called how we do it where we had Howie Mandel and he was like a farter in one of their uh, pranks on somebody. And then he was on, I think he's like a kind of a reoccurring appearance on Howard Stern where he just rips ass into the microphone. And that was definitely something that whenever I was younger and I didn't have the ability that I have now, I thought it was just, so I just thought it was really, really cool to be able to pretty much put out the what he was putting out, just kind of like at the drop of a hat. So that's what kind of got the ball, the ball rolling for me to try to start learning how to fart on command. And then I think whenever I kept, I found like tutorials on how to do it on online. And then I just kept practicing, kept practicing, kept practicing. And then eventually I think I was either 12 or 13 whenever I first learned how to inhale and how to actually do it. And then over the years, it's just gotten easier and easier and better and better for me. But the thing was, is that I had 
the skill of what, you know, he was doing, but I wasn't really social with it. I wasn't like going to school and like, Hey, Hey guys, look what I can do type of thing. That wasn't really my vibe with it. And it still really, it still isn't today. Um, at least publicly. So I just had this ability that I wasn't really able to really do anything with, but kind of impress myself. So I decided to start looking into what I could do to share it. And then I saw YouTube as an option, but I was too nervous natured at the time. But there was an app, I think it was on Android and iPhone, but it was, and it actually got like some news coverage on a couple random news channels. It was called Fartners and it was just like a, just like an app and the whole branding of it was the social media platform for your ass. And it was just like a little app where you can upload fart audios with like a little description or like a little title. You can really add much of a description other than the title. And then people would follow you. And then what you would do, like what you would do is you would scroll through your feed and all your followers would post their farts or whatever. And then you would rate them from like one to 10 and it was just like a little, it was like a little community on this random app. So I decided to start on there because I thought it was safe. It was just, you know, posting audios and I didn't have to show anything. I didn't have to get in front of a camera, get any type of lighting or angle or anything set up the way I wanted. I could just blow into the microphone and kind of get the reaction that I was kind of wanting to get out of people with it. And I was on there for a while. And then I think the app finally shut down. I can't remember when it was, but that was a sad day. And then I eventually moved to YouTube wherever I was trying to do the same thing where I was just posting the audios. I wasn't posting any type of video content for the first couple months. And I mean, just the audios of what I was doing. And then I started to get more comfortable with it decided to start posting videos where I'm actually in front of the camera doing it, give people the, uh, an actual visual of what I'm doing. And then went from YouTube. Then I went to Instagram and then I was on Instagram for a little while, met a couple people on there. And then I eventually found Twitter where I kind of found where most of the people were at and found a platform where it was more of that social aspect that I was looking for all the way in the beginning. Um, because, you know, Twitter is very much a app that's kind of dedicated towards reacting to what somebody, to what somebody just did, like stuff's not um, categorized the same as it is on YouTube or Instagram, where it's just a wall of people's content. You get to see, you know, what they commented and see, what they retweeted and see, you know, what they're engaging with and how they're engaging with other people or, you know, um, other types of content. That's what I really liked about Twitter. And that's what made me kind of stick to that platform forever because of the social aspect. Um, and I guess that's kind of where I've been just at mentally with it. And that's why I kind of decided to close my YouTube and decided to, um, deactivate my Instagram because I wasn't really getting that um, type of feedback that I was really wanting from those platforms, but I was getting it from Twitter. So it was kind of just getting that type of um, camaraderie and kind of um, 
just being able to actually talk to people and not just post a video and then scroll through comments. I was like, I actually able to post a video and see people reply with their own videos or see people reply with gifts and, you know, also comments and stuff like that. It was just more social. So that's kind of why I wanted to get into it for that social aspect. And then I eventually found Twitter, which really satiated it. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. The Twitter platform has definitely been, um, you know, for all its toxicity and problems, it definitely has uh, really, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure other people like other social media, but Twitter has definitely been my favorite in terms of just the uh, potential for interaction and how people can interact and the simplicity of it, whether it be like, oh, here's a video that was relates to what you're talking about, or here's a funny gift that, you know, I find as a reaction to your what you're saying or whatever is. Twitter's just a kind of a, I don't know. I guess it's it's an easier conversation in some ways than other social media platforms have become. Yeah. And I mean, with Twitter now like being kind of on the rocks, like no one knows if it's going to be gone in the next couple of years or what they're going to do with it, because it's always some stupid decision coming from higher ups to like change the name to X or whatever. I'm not calling it X. That's dumb. Um, but it's just always something that people are asking or putting forward like okay well i've you know made an account on this other website in case twitter goes down and i'm gonna um you know what are we gonna do whenever twitter goes down and i've flat out said in one of the tweets i was like if twitter goes down i think i'm just gonna go down with the ship because i don't know if i want to restart again with another platform especially if it's completely different and it's more like instagram or more like youtube or whatever it's just the Twitter platform has been like a godsend for the community, I feel, because, again, it gives that social aspect with being able to post video and stuff like that that other platforms just don't really have. So seeing it kind of be on the decline for the past, I don't know, year or year and a half, two years, whatever, um, it does kind of worry me, too, because I've built up this community and you know connected with people some people i only know on twitter like i don't know their snapchat or um any other platforms that they have so uh, if it goes down i mean i'll lose a lot of those connections a lot of those friends that i've made and it it'll suck but i mean it's not really in my power to change much of anything it's just something i gotta keep on the radar for sure yeah absolutely absolutely it makes a lot of sense in terms of your content, do you have a, a genre or a type of fart video that you enjoy making the most? And then if that's different than what's most popular from your audience, what's that? Well, I mean, what I've figured out over the years is the video that you don't think is going to really do much of anything blows up and the video that you think is going to like absolutely kill it doesn't. Um, I don't know why that is. I think it's just because, you know, your brain isn't exactly wired up as the majorities. But for me specifically, I've just been making content that, you know, I would want to see. And that's the kind of tip I give everybody um, whenever they're first starting out. And I mean, they see that I've found success doing it and they try to ask for tips and tricks and stuff. And I just tell them, just make what you would want to see because it kind of shows whenever somebody's doing a scenario or doing of concept that you can tell that they're not passionate about or something that they're not into. And that kind of kills the whole 
um, energy of the video and kind of makes it less attractive for that reason. And for me, I, for me, I really like the kind of nonchalant, more grounded, more realistic type videos. Um, so it's, and I mean, that resonates with a lot of people. And I mean, those videos that get a lot of traction for me are kind of in that vein where it's like, um, one of the most popular one, like series that I have is the, uh, gamer fart videos where I'll just put the camera behind me and have, you know, a game going up on the TV and it's kind of just like a POV of me laying down on the bed and you being player two on the other side of the room or whatever. And the games in the per, uh, view of the camera. And then I'm also in the like bottom left of the camera. So you have two points of kind of like visual interest of what's going on the screen and what I'm doing. So it's just like, it looks like a scenario that you can kind of put yourself in and you can imagine the, what happens before and after, because it's just something again, casual, nothing outlandish or crazy that you got to try to convince yourself of to get into. Um, but that's been a very, very popular series for me. Um, one ser one that I actually like, and I think that's more of just like a personal preference or you kind of, like them or you don't really like them is I've done a few videos in like a, a bathtub or something like that and just bubbles and stuff everywhere. And I just find that concept cool. And I mean, the few times that I've posted that it hasn't performed the best, but I, I wouldn't be opposed to making another one just because I personally think it's a cool concept. And the people that are into those types of videos, those are like some of their favorite that they've ever seen because they always tell me. Um, so that's kind of like where you find, you know, your interests are either being reciprocated or not a hundred percent, um, the same as everybody else's in the community. Um, cause one of them that I've actually got a bunch of requests for over the years, cause I used to film videos just like in basketball shorts a lot. And I, uh, I get requests every once in a while from people that are into that particular type of clothing with this, the videos that they want me to keep, they want me to make another video with those basketball shorts. And the thing is, is like, I just don't find them attractive looking. So I don't really make those videos. But again, that's just an example of where, you know, the interests are different. For sure. No, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. We talked a bit about monetization. Um, in the community and you, and you shared some thoughts, but I, I'm curious, like we've talked on this show about the, um, the community expectation in the, uh, in the, in the gay fart fetish community of, uh, you know, uh, an expectation of, of, you know, most people, every person, every man in the community, uh, to, to contribute, uh, and, and, you know, I guess, provide is not the right word but i guess i guess offer content to uh everyone else in the community um do you find this paradigm to actually be true and what do you think about it as like a non-monetized you know community contributor like yourself well i mean i've always been um accepting and been very um open to sharing stuff that isn't already on my um like public Twitter or anywhere else like that. And I think it's like a really 
good social thing that the gay community has that the straight community doesn't really um, participate in because it's just, it's like a mutual trade of like, I offer this and you offer that. And then we're both happy at the end of it. And it doesn't seem, it's not like one-sided or anything like that. And, but I mean, I know there've been talks on the podcast before about people that are just kind of only takers and never give. And then if you were to ask, well, why don't you give anything? Then they're say, well, I'm only a sniffer, even though, you know, it's, it's not hard to just film something just to say you tried, I guess. And that's what I've, I mean, because, because I make free content and because I've been doing it for so long and I mean, people have seen a lot of it, they'll send me uh, content and then I'll say, well, I'm sorry, I don't have anything in my gallery right now to kind of send back. Cause what I would do in the past is I would, you know, if I had any off cuts from a video, whether they be just like not up to my personal standards or if the lighting was weird or if the camera didn't focus right or whatever, I would keep that video for trading purposes, but you can tell what video it was from because of the way everything is set up. Um, I used to do that and would send them that. Um, but there would be times, like I said, where I wouldn't have anything in my gallery to send. And I would like, I don't want to be a freeloader, but you know, thank you for sending stuff. And they were like, dude, you've got me off so many times. You ain't got to worry about it. So that's kind of my privileged position of being able to, I guess, get while not giving directly, but that's because I give a lot to everyone, I guess. So it's kind of like a, Oh, I got you. Don't worry about it type of thing. But I think it's very, very, like a very, very good part of the community to see that there are, is this kind of trading system to where it's not all just um, people being a provider and somebody like, okay, gimme, 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 gimme. Cause that can, that wears on you and that gets very annoying after a while because it's, you're not getting anything out of it, but I'm giving you something to where you get everything out of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, I think that's the um, not saying it's a bad thing, but I think it's it's possibly the road that goes to um, what the straight side has, which is essentially uh, pure monetization. There's really no um, content exchange uh, unless it's thievery, uh, but there's no um, uh, you know there's nothing I guess shared as it were um, from, at least from the, from the provider themselves. And that leads me to this question is, is people like yourself and, and looking at the community, um, as you, as you've been in it, do you think this, um, expectation, uh, of, uh, you know, uh, farters and sniffers, this, this trading paradigm, do you think it will continue or do you think the monetization is, is uh, heavily changing these paradigms and is it for the better or worse? Um, I think, I think it'll just be a constant in the community. I think it's always been an aspect of it to some degree, because even whenever I was like on Instagram and stuff back in the day, it was still something that I would get asked. Um, so, I mean, it's always been sort of there or if it hasn't always been there, it's been there for a very long time. Um, so I don't see it really going away. Um, even though people are making paid content, the thing is, is that I've actually gotten from other creators, different things, um, for free, just for making content. 
and um like i've been one guy actually gave me like a free year subscription to his only fans just for being friends and stuff and then i've gotten free subscriptions to only fans and stuff like that from other people as well or sometimes people like i haven't uploaded this to you know only fans or anything just yet but i'll send it to you for free like i mean i've even the people that are making mon like monetizing what they make they still make an effort to trade with people that you know are not giving them money they are trading because they're genuinely in the community and they genuinely just want to trade and that's what they have is that content so i feel like people like that will continue to you know trade with kind of the bigger people and the people they consider friends and then you know the rest they can you know pay however much a month to see it a couple days later or what have you yeah that's a really great thing though that is a a really great note about the uh especially the gay side or i guess exclusively maybe the gay side of the community is that uh uh it is a community, I guess, is the simplest way to put it. Is I think a lot of times the straight side doesn't feel as much like a community. Part of this show is is I tried to help uh, it feel more like a community. Um, but I think the uh, the fact that the gay the gay community the gay fart fetish community has um, kind of has that built in, I think, is really really awesome, and I'm sure it's really um, supportive. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something and i i haven't been really privy to what goes on on the straight side of the community until kind of listening to this podcast and not to sound like it was like oh i pity you but it's it's really sucks that that side of the community is kind of the worst aspects of our community are just kind of the core of what's going on on the straight side and that sucks so much because there's you know there's ways of going about it um, on both sides to where it's, you know, more adult and more, you know, fair to people, but there's always going to be um, the people that kind of just don't care and just go in there to get off and then leave. Or, you know, I'm not accepting your friend request unless you give me something or I'm not sending you this video unless you buy, you know, pay this much money or whatever. And that's like, again, the worst aspects of of our community and again, being kind of the core of what's over there. Absolutely. And you touched on something interesting. I, I would want to say like it's a bit um, there's a dehumanizing aspect. And I think it's easy on the fan side to do that of like dehumanizing or not thinking about someone's human aspects when they're a content creator. But you mentioned something too, that I, I think there is a, uh, can be uh, a dehumanizing aspect on the creator to fan aspect of like, no, I can't, I can't, you know, uh, give you anything unless you pay yada, 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 or whatever. Um, I think there is like a, that lack of, you know, community building or that lack of, of camaraderie feeling in that, like, sure. Uh, monetization makes sense. Nobody should do anything for free that they don't want to. Um, but the way you talk like about community, I think that should, you know, it should be extended. Like anyone who's participating in this fetish, making content for this fetish, it would be nice um, if it, that community feeling and aspect uh, kind of bled over to everyone, whether they were a fan or a content creator and everyone like stayed aware of, 
some of the negative aspects, which that brings me actually to one of the important ones you mentioned um, is uh, is content theft, which is definitely something we've talked about on the show. Um, even uh, in the in the gay fart fetish community can even constitute sometimes identity theft as people start sharing videos uh, as if they are them. Uh, thankfully, I, I know people have said most people recognize these videos and, and know they're stolen. But uh, I'm sure it still can be an issue for people who may be uh, green or new to the community. Um, have you had your content stolen? And what, if anything, can be done to combat this type of theft? Um, more times than I could even count at this point. Um, even just the other day, I was on this vid or something, just scrolling through. I don't typically go on that website just because the layout's kind of janky and I rather go somewhere else for similar content. But I would just scroll through kind of like recently uploaded and I'm like, oh, there I am. Oh, there I am again. Oh, there's another person posting a video that I deleted like four years ago. Cool. Like it's just constantly seeing that type of stuff um, on different sites and um, other places like that. Even on Twitter, I think it was two days ago. Um, somebody, one of my friends in the community told me on Snapchat, he was like, did you give him permission to re-upload this? I was like, I never give people to you know, get, never get permission for people to re-upload any of my stuff. So no. So I go to the page and then it's like one of my more recent videos where I'm just like sitting in bed and uh, they just completely, they didn't like retweet it. It's one thing to retweet something. It's another to download the video or screen record the video and then re-upload it with a new caption under your name. And the caption was just like, I wish I was in that bed with him or something. And I left a comment and said, you're not getting in my bed by stealing my content, dude. Like, that's not the way to do it, believe it or not. And I, that tweet event, like that reply actually got a good amount of likes from people. And everyone was like, ooh, you got burned or like caught or whatever. And I mean, it was good to see that other people were, you know, seeing my irritation with it and seeing my kind of jab and kind of sticking with my side. But that video still continued to grow in likes. If anything, it was at like 30 something likes whenever I called it out. And whenever um, I look back at it after I had replied to it, it had like over a hundred or something like that. So even whenever the content creator says, Hey, this is my content and it was stolen point and laugh at this person for stealing it it's still the people that scroll through their feed and just, again, like kind of come and go and don't really give a shit like about the ethics about anything will still see that the video is uploaded. It's right in front of their eyes and they'll still like it, even though I'm right below it saying, Hey, don't like this. This is my video. It was stolen. I don't give consent for this being here, but they still like it. So it's, it's really weird, but I mean, I've gotten horror stories even from other people in the community. Um, uh, older guy that I know in the community, um, him and his abusive ex used to, uh, make content and I'm not going to name names because of privacy and all that stuff, sure. but it was like, he's an absolute teddy bear of a man, like seriously, one of the nicest people I've ever met. And, but he made content with his abusive ex and eventually they fell out and a bunch of other stuff happened. And either way, the, all the videos got deleted of, the two of them and then lo and behold some one of these re-upload accounts decides to re-upload the video and tag him and tag you know 
say this is so and so and his and his boyfriend or whatever and then he dm'd him and was like hey can you please remove that that's like you know personal and i don't you know have anything to do with that person anymore and the response from the account that re-uploaded and stole that person's content was i'm within my rights it's staying up or something along those lines so it's just crazy to see that the people that kind of keep this community going which is content creators like you and i are the ones that get mistreated by the people that will say well i'm within my rights it was posted on a public account this is this is the internet but i mean that doesn't mean that it's your content to steal just because i hear a song on the radio doesn't mean just because i heard it again on the radio and it's free for me to listen to the radio i can't go up to it with a microphone and sample it and not give credit to taylor swift or whoever song it was that's why there's like copyright on stuff and i understand that it's art fetish videos it's not that big of a deal like of course no one has a copyright on their stuff on twitter but it's just like that's the basis and like kind of the groundwork for how you should treat this stuff ethically either tag me in it so i can see it and re you know retweet it or say thank you for whatever re just retweet it normally just hit a button rather than screen record it and re-upload it that way or just you know leave a good comment or you know t you know pin it somewhere where you can get to it easily or whatever and just leave it at that don't steal it and i know it's that behavior specifically that prevents this community from growing in many ways because i've had people tell me that they would love to you know start making content or be more social with it and you know post their own videos but they don't want to because they're afraid it's going to get stolen and I mean, there have been people DM me um, multiple times saying, hey, this guy, you know, uploaded my, you know, uploaded my video without my consent. I kept telling him I didn't want it up here and he keeps, you know, ignoring my texts or he keeps doing whatever. And I mean, I've kind of become the police of the community in that sense because I go over to their account and signal boost that hey, this guy is stealing content and, you know, stealing it from people that don't want it up at all and have begged for it to be up and they just, you know, give them the cold shoulder or whatever. And I've done that a few times now and there's one specific account that keeps coming back and he's back on Twitter now. Um, at Proctophilia Plus, he was re-uploading people's content and some of which was whenever, like, using videos from youtube that clearly show minors like their book bags are on the floor and they look young and they're in the living room like after school and it's just like a comedy video for them but he's re-uploading it and you know trying to charge people i think one of his plans quote unquote was like 50 dollars a month for access to all of these videos that he's stolen and this was one of the accounts that was stealing the people's things that were dming me or um someone similar to him so i eventually you know retweeted blocked the person and tweeted out hey this person's stealing content trying to charge people 50 dollars a month for it like some of this is people's paid content that they've put on other sites that he's somehow gotten access to and re-uploaded all this stuff and after about i'd say two to three weeks he got banned and his other account got banned 
because I went out there and signal boosted to get this person, you know, block them, report them for identity theft or something to get them out. And they've tried to come back a couple other times. And I think they're even on Twitter right now under one account that's like in Spanish because he thinks if he just makes it not in English, then people won't catch him for some reason. And there's a few other accounts that he goes under. Um, but he keeps trying to get on the, get in the community and just re-upload. He's not trying to sell anything anymore, but he's it's still the same guy. So I don't know. It's just like really dumb. But I mean, we all try. Everyone in the community tries. I won't say everyone because there are people that still follow these accounts and like their posts and stuff, like I mentioned earlier. But a good amount of people, at least the people that follow me and you know see what I post about it. Um, try to police it the best way they can by, you know, reporting the accounts or, um, you know, just blocking them so they don't get their content stolen and stuff like that. So we, I mean, there's a pretty continuous effort to get content like that, not, you know, on the, on platforms or in the community at all, because we all hate it. All content creators hate it. The only people that like it are the lurkers or the come and go people that don't care where it's from. They just want to see the video now so they can get off and get on with their day or whatever. Um, but I don't know. It's just, it's one of those issues that seems to be a constant thing. Cause as soon as we get that, those accounts banned, they pop back up within another month or two. And then it's the same situation all over again. And then I'll see people on Twitter. Hey, he's back. What do we do? And then I'll send that, spongebob gif of how many times we've got to teach you this lesson old man like we just it's tiring and that's why i don't do it as much as i used to i used to every single time he would pop up on twitter i would try to call attention to him and say hey he's back he's gonna start stealing your stuff everyone block him report him do what you got to do because he's done it before in the past or even if it's not just him specifically these accounts they're all pretty much the same in some way shape or form or if there's a new account that i don't know about i'll try to call attention to it but either way they do the same thing over and over and i try to bring attention to it um but it's just it's tiring it, it's it really is especially when there's not a whole lot of stuff you can actually do like you can't you can only report him once per account and then you have to sit and wait and wait and wait for twitter to see it and then it's still kind of weird because you're like reporting a fart fetish account so it's like i don't even know if the people at twitter are going to take this seriously to get the person banned even though they could be doing serious stuff like stealing paid content or posting videos of minors that don't even know that this video is on the internet anymore let alone that it's being re-uploaded and in other situations charge to watch so it's just it's a, a constant issue and i wish it was something that we can all kind of just stomp out but there's always going to be those bad actors absolutely absolutely well that's that was a wild wild tale you shared but i appreciate it too because that definitely gives a uh, an insight into kind of the the depth of the of the issue because you think it's just oh you know you think it's maybe like people who just bought the content once and then now they're sharing it to this fit or whatever. But, so, and maybe that is some, but uh, for, for others, there's a whole like, uh, you know, whether it be economy or just weird um, uh, need to, to hit, 
foster this community, but but based on false pretenses, which is really, really dark. And and you kind of touched on one of the other uh one of the other issues um that is big is uh content that is is maybe sexualized but wasn't necessarily intended. Like uh, you know, I think this was definitely more um, or definitely common in the days of YouTube. Maybe now uh, it happens on Twitter or other platforms where um, things can be shared without necessarily um, filters or AI assuming it's it's sexual, uh, just based on you know titles or descriptions or whatever. Uh, but people who might be just farting uh, on camera and finding it funny and sharing it, um, and then you have. Uh, who I would presume are fetishists, but maybe not. Maybe just other creepsters that come in and make uh, tactless comments, um, creepy, sexual on videos that maybe didn't have any intention of being that way. Um, it seems like the unfortunate uh, lack of self awareness that's in some of the community um, that may not be, you know, remedied until or if those people ever reach that self awareness. Uh, but what about you? Do you think there's anything that can be uh, done about this? You mentioned policing in the previous uh, example. Is that something you find yourself policing as well? Um, not me specifically. And I mean, I don't even think people, I know, pe I mean, I've spoke out against it and I know a couple other people have spoke out against it, but, and I haven't really seen, because I usually stick to Twitter and stuff where, the content that I'm seeing is kind of dedicated to it. So it is legitimate, like legitimately um, like fart uh, fetish, you know, targeted. It's not um, me uh, scrolling through TikTok where that's kind of the biggest one that I've seen where people are just uploading it for fun. And then the comments are weird. So there's, there might be policing in those comments that I just don't see because I'm not looking in the right places, I guess, because again, being on Twitter, it's usually on there for that purpose. But TikTok, if I was on there, would probably have more um, of those creepy comments and stuff. And there might be policing in it that I just don't know. But the one time that I did see some of it kind of like live and in person was on TikTok again. And it was this guy that was on um, TikTok just doing like a couple fart videos or whatever, just for fun. Like one of them was like, he was trying to start a lawnmower and couldn't get it going and then put his ass to the gas cap and ripped one in it. Like that was obviously comedy, obviously. And that's the thing that a lot of people for some reason do not get through their head is that what we find sexually attractive for whatever reason is comedy to 99 0.9% of the population. Like it just is. So going into a comment section of a person that, you know, posts that video for that 99.9% .9 of people that are just like, haha, this is funny. And then being weird and acting as if, if you put your phone number or if you ask them to do it again or like whatever, um, is going to elicit a, a reaction of that person going with what you're saying, especially whenever everyone else around them, it was like, what is wrong? Like the comments under that comment are like, what is wrong with you, dude? Like, what are we like? Everyone in the comments is just putting laughing emojis and you're over here talking about doing it in my mouth. Like what? Like you, you can pick up on 
social cues in comment sections whenever you scroll down and see like the comments are all just laughing about something and then you're being unnecessarily horny in it and that guy that posted those videos he would go live um on tiktok and would just be with like his friends or whatever and be in the garage and every once in a while someone would dare him as like can you do it for 30 seconds or whatever and then he would do it live and then all the comments at the time would be going you know crazy for uh, for the reasons that are obvious to us but not to anybody else so you know he would look at the cameras like what, what is wrong with that guy that <laughs> keeps commenting that and they would all laugh about it like this is weird but you can tell it's awkward for these people so it's just disrespectful to them to go about it in that way and i mean it ultimately paints us all as a bunch of creeps because if you can't look at that situation and be like oh yeah this is not intended for what i'm looking at it as so maybe i should just silently admire or go away because that's kind of the only acceptable way to go about it in my mind so i just sat there and didn't really comment or anything like that i just thought it was impressive but of course the people that wanted to be vocal and um try to make a scene out of it are the ones that get noticed and are the ones that are pointed at and say this is what these this community of people are like and that's the stuff that kind of like puts us back in the public's eye so much and it sucks that we are kind of represented by the worst of us in that sense for sure that tends to be the way uh, people's minds work i i feel like i've shared similar sentiment on the show about like uh fart fetish in general like if people don't hear uh fart fetish uh don't understand it they might immediately assume uh, a scat fetish because maybe they've heard that they remember two girls one cup or whatever that they can't make that differentiation so it is true that often um and i'm not calling scat fetish a worse element but whatever whatever people's worse you know idea in their head um that tends to be uh what they go with and what kind of paints the uh, entire community. And oh, another reason why the show um, exists is to uh, hopefully combat that. If people have that misconception, you know, they Google something and then like, oh, there's a whole podcast about this. Let me listen to uh, normal people have normal conversations about this admittedly weird and, you know, too, as you say, humorous to some uh, aspect. And I, you know, hopefully that is, uh, the show helps give them nuance, uh, if they, if they're open to it. Yeah. And with my, with my, uh, thing that I've noticed, and I don't think I've maybe talked to maybe two or three people where this isn't the case, but there is usually people that have this kink. There is a hard line whenever it comes to scat for most that I've noticed. And it's the fact that that, hard line that all of us will be like yeah i mean if you're into it good for you i'm not i'm not you know gonna say anything i'm in no position to king shame about nothing but that's just not for me like there's a hard line for a lot of people but there is still that confusion of like well if you like this and you must like that like it just makes sense like but there is it's not the same thing in almost any way because there's actual like people that will stand in front of you and say, I do not like this, even though I like this. And some people will still say, well, it's still like in a gray area for me mentally because it is so close or whatever. But it's just the fact that there is that distinct 
delineation between the two, but you still get lumped in with the other half that is viewed more, you know, how it, you know, I guess viewed worse in some way, shape or form. Again, not king shaming or not saying that's bad or anything like that. I'm just saying in the public's eye, it would be easier for them to digest somebody being into air coming out of somebody's ass than anything else, basically, is what I'm saying. Sure, sure, absolutely. I mean, even the, the there's a, um, what do you, I was going to say vernacular, but there's even like a uh, cultural awareness around like queefing, for instance. So the, the idea of like air um, expulsion, I guess, is not, uh, is not foreign at all, but I think, uh, and, and even enjoying it necessarily, but I think the, the latter, the, the consumption of, of, of scat and such, or even enjoying it, um, again, not in any kink shame way, uh, but admittedly much more extreme for, uh, the, the vast majority of the population. Yeah. And the thing, and I've always said that if like vanilla sex, whether it be, you know, anal for gay men or just straight up regular sex for straight couples, um, it's like, if that's vanilla, then this kink and this, not just this one specifically, there are a bunch of others like I, that I would consider in this, like the flavor level, I'm going to put it as, um, is like caramel. Like it's not really that complex or that, you know, different than vanilla. It's just like sweeter and it's got a little bit more to it, but it's not this crazy out there, like, flavor town guy fieri thing that other people think that it is it's just like a step above vanilla is what i'm is what i view it as because it really isn't much when you think about it i mean and that's one of the things whenever if somebody says they don't like something or they don't get something or they you know denounce something on the basis of it being gross um basic like regular sex is gross i mean if you look at you know fluid exchange and then making out making if you make out with somebody you're swapping spit if somebody put a spit in a cup and said drink it you wouldn't do it but if they make out with me then you're drinking their spit at the same time it's just a different form so you know the perspective of it is kind of the big thing in that sense so it's all gross so saying i don't like that because it's gross is kind of a non-argument to me if you say that's too gross for me that's something but we're all on the basis that we're all gross pretty much and it's just gross to be human so the again the argument of i don't like that because of that is kind of dumb to me so if we all kind of just got on this level of okay we're all gross in some way and some people just like it a little bit you know higher on the scale in that way and that's fine but it's just the idea that people are a hundred percent squeaky clean and then going at it with each other's genitals is just like that's not a clean activity <laughs> so it's kind of the idea of it and the way it's presented sometimes whenever people try to denounce it is kind of annoying in that way too it's very true you touched on two very good uh, points or realizations or what have you that, yeah, the kind of hypocrisy of people. And one of them was, uh, yeah, I don't think a farting, for instance, is too far off of things that I think people would be more readily 
uh, willing to admit, like armpits. And when I say armpits, I don't even mean like dirty armpits. Like people might like the smell of a clean armpit or or what have you. Um, other parts of the body, neck, you know, the the aroma of the body in general, like our partners. I think there is definitely something to that that I think people would much more readily admit to being true. But then you say farting and they're like, no, there's no, there's no possible way. And they don't even maybe want to explore it. Maybe they don't want to know. Um, the other one was uh, what you said about like kissing and how you fact, you know, you now spit in a cup and now drink it. Nobody want to do that. Um, I don't remember the exact study. I think it was, and it was also being shared secondhand on a, a podcast. I really enjoy listening to behind the bastards. Uh, but they were talking about a study in which uh, people they found people would do many things uh, when they're aroused that they would not consider doing um, when they weren't aroused. So, like for instance, like I mean, people you know swallowing cum, for instance, like you know you're in the heat of passion and this is happening and you're into that. That, you know, you may do that, but someone's like, here, here's a cup of cum, drink it. Like, no, of course you're not going to do that because one, it, it's it's the arousal itself that can fuel that passion. And I think that even ties back into um, farts as an aspect of aroma not being that odd is, you know, in the heat of passion or a passionate um, romance or lovemaking or what have you, whatever verbiage you want to use, uh, I think we would surprise ourselves in what uh, our bodies may enjoy and what we may, what our minds may even want to explore further. Yeah. And I mean, especially I like, I think of it for um, gay men specifically who, or even like even straight couples, like anal is one of like the most common porn search terms. So the, you're already content with the fact that you're you know dealing with that part of somebody's body and you know going forth with what you're going forth whenever it comes to having sex in that way but whenever like a sound comes out of it then it's oh I'm a, i can't do it i can't do it like it's just kind of it's kind of hypocritical in that sense because you're already you know even like ass eating like that's just a joke at this point like everybody's like you eat ass and they'll say yeah and most people do it's just like it's kind of like whatever at this point but as soon as like anything comes out of it it's just like okay well now i can't i can't do it anymore and it's just kind of like you're already there <laughs> you're i mean you're already kind of doing whatever just like a you know a teaspoon worth of air coming out making a funny noise isn't really something to go and kind of stand on a soapbox and say this is gross and people who are into this are weird it is especially whenever it's like what i do specifically whenever it's farting on command and it's not you know necessarily gas that came from the digestional you know the thing of digestion like it's not actual like methane and gas and stuff from your gut bacteria it's just me inhaling air from the other end and blowing it back out the way i want to and so even for that and i mean i understand there is um an aspect of it it was like oh it came out of you know whatever part of your body and some people still will in you know for whatever reason and i mean there are reasons for it obviously we'll still find that gross no matter what and that's fine but if you're the type of person to already go through with having anal sex or eating ass or whatever if a sound comes out of it and then you're 
taken aback and acted like, you know, you were assaulted or something. It's kind of like a weird thing for me for people to make that mental leap whenever it's again, it already is what it is and you're already there with it. So it's not like a giant leap that you think it is. Yeah, no, absolutely. That makes that makes a tremendous amount of sense. What I appreciate, it's a weird, weird segue, but I appreciate the the passion uh, in which you speak to on all the topics that you've shared uh, thus far. And, you know, you, you talk about, and you've mentioned that community is a, is a super important element. How, how do you feel or how have you uh, built and fostered your community? And, and why is community important to you? Well, I mean, for me in particular, just making videos throughout the years and um, stuff like that and, you know, getting to know people and acting like a person online with people when it comes to this stuff and not this, um, God and, you know, master and stuff that a lot of people try to put that persona on online and it can get old kind of fast. Cause it's, it's one thing if you're, you know, in the heat of the moment with somebody and you're, you know, doing a master Dom thing, that's fine. But whenever it's just like you leave a comment in somebody's post and there was like yeah i bet you like that fag or whatever it's like it's just weird how you keep that thing going for forever and there's not any time that you lower your wall and just make a joke and poke fun at yourself or whatever and that's what i try to do in my community and i mean there are actually a couple people that'll make like some people have made edits of my videos and i've reposted them because i thought they were funny or people who um you know leave funny comments or whatever and then i kind of dig in with it like you know try to laugh along with them or and i'll personally make memes or short little videos to kind of like poke fun at the community in a lighthearted way and a lot of that resonates with a lot of people and they appreciate it and even if it's not just trying to um connect in that way it's like um, doing polls that I'll do occasionally where I'll try to ask people is like, Hey, when did you find out that this was something for you? Or, you know, do you prefer hairy or shaved or like, you just like trying to pick people, pick people's brains with this stuff and try to like actually ask them a question rather than just feed them content. And then, you know, um, in the comment section, kind of try to play up this role that is like too serious for what it is, I guess. And I mean, and it's not just me doing this. There's a lot of other uh, creators that um, really do try to have a connection with people by running, you know, fart threads or um, doing other polls or, again, making memes and stuff of their own that they post. And I always try to engage with and laugh along with and be like, you know, I want to try to make something later that's similar to what you did. And it's just things like that that kind of bring everybody together to be like you know it's weird that we're all kind of bound together by this weird interest but i mean we're all sitting here laughing together and we're all kind of having a good time in some way shape or form kind of laughing at ourselves along the way and you know just trying to make a community out of something that Otherwise, if you kind of just let it be at face value, which some people do, and then just see it as like a way to get off or some little sexual thing that they rather they, you know, open Twitter for five minutes, come and then they leave. Um, meanwhile, again, we're trying to, you know, do a little bit something more and try to actually get to know people. 
Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. In fact, you've you've even said you've been uh, called the president of the community by some. Like, how did how did that come about? And and what do you feel like you do as president of the community? Well, I mean, it's it's I've got a few um, comments similar in that vein, um, because of what I do with the trying to signal boost whenever people are going through a tough time with you know having their stuff stolen or trying to again just engaging with people in a way that's not performative or trying to play up or seem boastful or um try to you know again play something more serious than it needs to be and uh, it's just nice to see that that's kind of resonated with people and they see you know that i'm having fun just i'm having fun kind of like just as much fun of them watching my videos is me having fun like watching their reaction i guess and seeing that people notice that and that they would you know go as far to say as like you're the president of the community or like you got my vote or you know even just like little things that are similar to that it's it's just heartwarming in a weird way because again it just shows that all my efforts to kind of bring people together with it are really working and people are appreciative are appreciative of it that's really great that's really great. And and I noticed too, um, as I was looking through your Twitter, some of the, the community efforts um uh I noticed have been like uh trying to vote on and establish like a hanky code color uh for a proctophilia and, and like a code word um or an acronym, like uh water sports, for instance, for golden showers. Um uh, uh, first of all, could you explain uh, what the Hagee Code is for anyone who's not f- uh, who's not familiar? Uh, but also, why uh, why are these efforts uh, important to you, and 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 why did you take them on? Uh, I'm not I'm like not going to be the biggest expert in it, so I can't tell you like where it originated or what year it started to come out. But just the general overview of Hanky Code is kind of just like a way for gay men to kind of advertise what they're into, what they're looking for, or what their role is in like a sexual kink or position or whatever publicly by putting a handkerchief in their back pocket, whether it be the left or the right of a certain color or pattern to kind of, you know, show visually what it is without saying it. So like yellow, I think is water sports. And if it's in the left pocket, you're more the dom in the situation where you're the one urinating and then the sub would put it in their right pocket to show that they're kind of more into you know re- receiving it and there's a co- there's a bunch of other kinks that are on there it's like the list is i don't even know how many are listed on there there was like 40 or 30 40 or 50 different colors to represent different things and sometimes they're the same color but they got a different pattern that means something different it's just like a fun little thing of gay culture that's not really used anymore that I know of maybe in like clubs or at prides or something, people do it as like a throwback, but I don't know if it really like gets people connected like it used to. But for me, it was just the fact that I was seeing um, hanky code being, you know, having a meaning or um, having like a color or whatever for all these different um, kinks that, you know, we weren't a part of like there was again, water sports was in it. Scat has its own color. And some of them are even just like kind of, I don't know if like one of them's cowboy. It's like a rust color. I don't know if that's cowboys in the sexual position or just like you like cowboys, like cowboy hats and boots. Um, I don't know if 
again, it's just like there's a bunch of ones on there. And I was like, why like could we not be on there? So I was trying to figure out one night, I was trying to ask the community to kind of give me ideas for what color we should be and like what we, you know, how we would go about it. And eventually I think we all kind of came to the like decision that sage green would probably be a decent color because it's different from the, from other shades of green that are already in the code. Like we would have, olive green would have been really cool because it's got that little bit of um, orange brownish sort of hue to it, but it was like already taken by, I think military or army or something. It was some other um, kink that was already in the code. So sage green was kind of an airy shade of green that we can kind of all be like, you can tell from a distance it's, that shade and not neon green or olive green or something. It's pretty distinct from a distance. Um, so we all kind of decided to go with that. And then I kind of mocked up, um, kind of squeezed us in on the um, list that I found online and kind of put our, you know, colors and stuff like that on it. Try to be like, well, this is what the list would look like if we were included. Leave a vote if you think we should be included. And most people, I think 99 percent of people said yes and i think you got like almost 500 votes or something like that on there and um and then with the acronym i was just trying to figure out something that was you know you could say like whisper in somebody's ear that's not or like work into a conversation that isn't just i have a fart kink it would be something you know a little bit easier to say aloud and kind of like raise your eyebrows at the person if you're trying to see if they they're picking up what you're putting down without again just say, straight up saying it and i mean we could pro we could all probably come to a decision i can't remember what got voted the most and i can't remember what the options were right off the top of my head but it would be cool if we could you know get some sort of verbiage out there that isn't um uh, as obvious or more inconspicuous to where we could do stuff like that. Cause people do that with water sports and, you know, a couple of uh, other kinks have different words for different stuff to where they can kind of see who's who in a situation and not just straight up say, are you into this? Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. And I was thinking too about, uh, you were talking about the hanky code and, and not seeing, you know, a proctophilia there and, and feeling like it should be, I think, you know, the idea of representation, um, is really important and kind of the, uh, it, it's nice. It's nice to see what, wherever it can be, especially in established, um, you know, community or culture paradigms. So yeah, I applaud, I applaud your efforts to, um, kind of rally up, uh, the community base and, and ask those questions. Um, uh, have you, have you, is there a kink scene out where you are and have you been out in that kink scene or have you done any like activities, um, in, in, in person or in real life? Uh, not that, I mean, I've re recently moved and there might, I mean, there could be something like within throwing distance of where I am and I probably wouldn't know about it. Sure. I don't think there is any type of, uh, scene out here that I know of. Um, and I've kind of just kind of kept everything online for now i mean it's i mean my situation is very much a um like a superman type of go into a phone booth and come out as a different person type of situation with me and twitter because i don't really advertise it or even hint at it really in everyday life and it's i mean 
it's not something I don't feel like I'm missing out by not doing that. But at the same time, it is something I'm like, I'm not going to, you know, bring that up in conversation or I'm not, you know, really itching to tell anybody about it. No, for sure. But, um, yeah, it's just something for me personally, it would kind again, since it is kind of something that is so tied to my sexuality, I would kind of want it to be something that's between me and a partner that's also into it. I mean, I know some people are wired different to where they can, you know, go out and have meets and stuff like that and not have any type of uh, sexual encounter with it. Um, I just don't think I'm really of that mind. So I would kind of just be on the safe side. That way I don't get attached or try to make anything weird or anything like that. Even though I've gotten offers, obviously, from people, there's at least every week, there's probably at least, I don't know, three or four new people that text me trying to set up some sort of meet or something. And I've even got had people offer to fly me out to places, which was really kind of like, okay, doing this now. Um, But yeah, it's not from a lack of opportunity for me to explore it. It's just a lack of me, you know, really wanting to go down that path with it, I guess. Yeah, no, for sure. That makes sense. That makes sense. And no, no judgment or whatever about it. It's, it's really how, uh, as we learned on this show, it's really, um, every, every fetishist has a different, uh, different enjoyment, different way of it, of wanting this. And maybe that'll change for you, or maybe this is the way you, uh, enjoy it or, or, or whatever. And as long as you're, um, happy and enjoying it the way you want to, that's all that really matters. Um, which kind of does tie into my next question, actually. Um, and where we are coming to the close, unfortunately, this has been really um, enlightening and uh, and illuminating. But I did want to ask you, um, do, do you enjoy having this fetish? And what do you feel about it, like, on a more broad basis? Um, and what makes you enjoy having it, if so? I, did, I mean, I didn't for a while because it was just like I didn't really accept that – Sexu- like sexuality i really didn't accept that as part of myself so having a kink that is sexual i was like okay that's not a thing not gonna just gonna ignore that whatever whatever whenever i was younger but as i've kind of grown into myself and kind of got more comfortable with it i am kind of glad to have this kind of aspect of myself that is different because it's something that isn't just the basic vanilla whatever and it's something that's i feel is very accessible and is actually more widespread than we would we really think about at least on the gay side and i mean i have a good amount of women supporters and i mean they'll comment every once in a while i was like hey ladies like i mean it's cool to see them there so i mean there is more people in it than we think i mean there's people that don't follow me that you know, watch my content every time I post because they don't want to follow me on their public account. Or some of them are like big on OnlyFans and they don't want their following to think of anything. So they just, you know, DM me or whatever. And there's been a lot of situations like that. I even kind of made a post about on Twitter a while ago. I was like, shout out to all the people that don't follow me because they don't want to get judged. Like I still see you though. And I got like, probably 20 DM requests talking about, Hey, that's me. Like, I don't, sorry, I don't follow you. It's just, you know, I don't want to draw attention to it. I was like, no, it's fine. If that's how you have to go about it, it's fine. Um, so it's good to see that it's again, something that's not widespread as in it's like 
something that everybody's aware of and somebody is kind of um, willing to do, I guess. But I mean, it's more widespread than some things and it's very applicable to a bunch of different situations. And that's why I like having fun with my videos with different scenarios, because you can basically apply it to almost anything. Um, any type of trope that you have of, you know, a character, whether that be, you know, cowboy, teacher, uh, accountant, or firefighter, whatever. Like, if you have a fantasy for a specific role or for a specific type of dress or whatever, you can just apply this to it real easily. Like, it's not hard. And that's why, I mean, I set up a Fansly, uh, or not Fansly, a, um, um, thrown gift account for people to help kind of me help me build um up outfits and stuff like that for future videos and just to buy gifts and be you know show appreciation stuff because i know some people genuinely just want to do that out of the kindness of their heart which i really appreciate and um i mean that's the thing about it is that it's again so applicable to basically everyday life as well i mean if you're you know, in a relationship with somebody and you're both into it. I mean, whenever the moment comes, just let it go and then giggle at each other and then laugh about it later. Like, I mean, it's not, it's something that's a constant in life because it is just a bodily function. So there's always going to be something happening with it in that regard. So you have your kink sort of, um, not regulated to a specific time of day, like at night and in the bedroom or wherever. It's kind of like if you're out with, your partner and you know you know you're both into it just like do whatever you want to do and then kind of again you can kind of have that little moment of friskiness and then go about your day and that's something you can't really do with a bunch of other kinks i mean you can't exactly pull out a whip and kind of get to town on somebody before lunch or anything like that and go back to having a normal day but with this kink you kind of can and like i mentioned earlier in the podcast like you can add it to other uh, kinks and stuff and it just elevates it even more like one of the common ones that i've done personally is uh burping and uh farting and those are one of my you know bigger videos too is just combining those two kind of again gross masculinity things that is kind of like you know unashamed being loud and kind of again gross about stuff and then just kind of going you know, not really paying too much attention to it. And yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things to like about it. I mean, again, the drawbacks of it not being the most common thing in the world, that's definitely one of the big things. And I mean, meeting people online, I've only met probably online that is only like, I maybe like three or four max people that are in my specific state or, you know, close, or, I mean, I've met a few that are close, like they're in neighboring states, but in my state, like in where I'm at, they're only met like a few, a lot of people are kind of spread around the world. And that's one of the biggest drawbacks of it is because you start talking with somebody and you're kind of like, you know, getting close and all that stuff. And then, Oh yeah, they're on the other side of the world or on the other side of the country or whatever. And that kind of complicates things. So that's a big bummer. But I mean, it's, I mean, that kind of just uh, shows that it's widespread, I guess. So that's an upside, but it does kind of sting when you're like, Oh yeah, it would be cool if we met up, if you didn't live 
all the way in a on another continent that would be cool but i mean that's allowed me to connect with a bunch of people which i think is really cool i mean i've talked to people from all over the u.s obviously but i mean canada mexico russia france italy australia um sweden i mean germany i've talked to like people from all over the world just because of (laughs) just because i like farted on a video which is weird to say but it's just one of those things about the community that's like we're all kind of bound and kind of brought together by this so that's kind of cool yeah yeah that is actually really cool and that's a really cool like thing to to be aware of because yeah it's certainly something we've uh i guess seen on the show but not really kind commented on specifically so that's really awesome that that you did pick up on notice that um and maybe this ties into your your thoughts or maybe not what's your thoughts on the future of the fetish whether it just be for yourself or the or the community at large uh i know for um, as far as like the community at large i feel like we're just in and this is another thing i've kind of like posted on twitter it's like are we like in a renaissance or something with it because i know a lot of people say you know the glory days of it were when male ass rippers was a big thing on the internet or whenever youtube was kind of the main um platform for it. a lot of people point to that and say those were the glory days of it but i mean maybe it's just my privileged position of being kind of like a big creator in the community but i see it as like right now we're kind of like in the most connected time and time of growth especially being on twitter and that's one of the things that make not being on your own specific website like um male ass rippers or uh, or anything else like that is that you're since you're on twitter and you're kind of just in the the in everything like you're you could get people from other communities to look at your content and that kind of turns them on to it and i mean i've had people message me over the years talking about how you know i've they've never really considered this a thing and then they'll watch my videos and then they'll you know get into the community from it or you know even people if if it's not just me just people that are you know finding it on twitter and getting into it later in life like i know one of my favorite creators he didn't know this was something that he was into until he was you know in his late 30s and he's like 40 something now he makes some of the best content out there in my opinion he actually makes some really 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 good content but it just you know it just shows that it's growing and it's growing everywhere from people that are just getting on twitter or people that have been on it for a while or just been around for a long time and are you know just now realizing that is a part of themselves that they really enjoy and i think with bigger creators there's a i can't remember his name off the top of my head right now but a pretty big OnlyFans guy has made i think three or four fart videos i think he's like 220 some i don't know he has some really big following and he's made uh, a couple of like fart fetish content and it wasn't just like um kind of you're interpreting it as fart fetish content he just like made posted a, vid- a funny video from a scene or something no i mean it's like him fully like face farting like grabbing their head throwing it in his ass and stuff like he's making full-on content that we all make but he's in a position where he's getting last time I checked, it had 14. I can't remember. It had something like 14, 15,000 likes or something. It was one of his most liked posts recently at the time. 
and it was a fart fetish video. So it just shows that people are kind of open to it. And it's just a matter of showing them and being on Twitter and being with um, all the other kinks and a bunch of other people just in general shows that it's kind of helping it spread. And that's kind of what I hope to see in the future is it just continues to get bigger and bigger and bigger. I mean, there's, I never thought I would get to the following that I'm at now. I mean, people ask me, like, how do you, how'd you get so big? I was like, I have no idea. Like, I didn't think that this would be like as big as it was. Cause whenever years ago, whenever it was like YouTube days and the biggest creator was like, I think Will the Farter. And he had like three, 3000 followers, 3,500 or something like that. And I'm at 14, I think 14.3 as of today. And my backup account has 3.4 or something. And I mean, there's other creators that are at 17 or above 17,000 followers. And they just, that's all they do is art content. So that's, you know, thousands and a couple times what I thought was even possible in this community. So that just shows that it's grown so, so much in the past couple of years. And again, like I mentioned earlier with people just DMing me, Kind of like, hey, I just got turned on to this, you know, within the past month or so. And I mean, you know, they're not going to, they can't follow me because they don't want that, you know, public thing, which I totally get if you have a big following and they're kind of like iffy with it. Don't worry with it. Just, you know, if you want to DM me, that's fine. And I don't know, just seeing it grow and seeing it get more and more connected is very, is really cool. I mean, with the, monetization of everything that does i can see how that does kind of put stuff in jeopardy but it's i i like to think that it's not as bad as it was maybe like a year or two ago with everything being um just like an ad with no sound and just be like you know go to this link to watch the whole thing i don't i mean it's still on there and there's still people with only fans and they'll continue to have them and that's fine it's just not as um kind of in your face as it might have been a year or two ago whenever OnlyFans was just kind of starting up and everyone was getting it. Now it's kind of like an established thing and then you kind of assume that everyone has an OnlyFans, at least in the community, because I get so many messages. People ask me if they can get the link to it. And I'm like, I don't have one, dude. So it's just seeing it grow is one of my biggest things and um, hopefully become more socially acceptable, at least with the gay side i specifically see it being a little bit more um accepted maybe not in the sense of people being like into it like we might be but at least being like oh that's a thing and it's not that crazy because there's already so many videos of you know again just like anal noises and stuff like people like stuff like that anyway so it's just kind of showing that it's has the potential to grow in that area as well i guess and as far as myself, I mean, I just want to continue. I want to continue making videos. I mean, I've, I'm kind of putting my feelers out there, trying to meet people and see where, you know, that kind of goes. And um, hopefully in the future will be, you know, some sort of sparkle ignite and then I'll be able to have a partner or something like that, that we can do something with it. But um, as for now, it's just, uh, continue just having fun with it, doing what I've been doing for the past couple of years and, you know, just seeing everything grow. Yeah, that's really great. That's really great. And I'm glad there are, um, I say the word serious, but I don't necessarily mean serious as in humorless, but like people like yourself, people, you, yourself and people like yourself that are 
uh, representing this community and and maybe growing this community in a very positive and um, and I think that's that's amazing. That's exactly what um, this this fetish needs. Which um, which leads me to where uh, can people find you on uh, online or or get in touch with you? Um, I'm only on Twitter currently. I don't really do much of anything else anywhere, even on my personal accounts that aren't you know fart related. It's just it's kind of where I put everything in that regard. So that's on um, at the farting wolf on Twitter. And then I also have a backup account just in case Twitter decides to, you know, ban porn or something like Tumblr did. And then I go bye bye or something. I have a backup account. It's just the farting wolf too, the same thing. Um, and I post, I try to post kind of consistently. I've have been as consistent because of the move and then just life in general, but I try to post maybe at least once or twice a once or twice a month, I would say. And I try to get the um like off cuts and stuff like that and try to do more fun things kind of on my backup that way it's kind of a little giving a little bit of content on both of those accounts, but that's where you can find me on there. Awesome. That's really awesome. And I cannot thank you enough once again for coming on and, and sharing great insights, great about yourself and, and just, I don't know, just so much great information and, and passion that you've shared with us that I, I, you know, cannot thank you enough once again. So thank you very much for being here at the farting wolf. Well, thank you too. I mean, I think this is honestly something that the community has kind of needed for a long time and something that I've been kind of waiting for to come along and kind of give people something to listen to to kind of get different perspectives and you know be more introspective with how we go about having this um kink within all of us that's great yeah that's exactly why i do it and i, I really appreciate it thank you so much i'll talk to you again soon thank you thank you so much for listening to the fart fetish podcast in 2023 we'll be back again on the first friday in january and I hope to see you there as we dive deeper into the subject of aproctophilia with even more discussions from the people who have it.